Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of our Blimey Cast. This episode is the number 13, and in this one, we are going to talk about another vexing problem that many candidates have when taking the IELTS test, and that would be repetitiveness. Yes, you don't want to sound too repetitive when you're presenting your answers to your examiner, do you? So, if you are wondering how to use your expressions, your idioms, your collocations and everything you've learned without sounding repetitive, you should definitely listen to this episode. Let's kick off. You're listening to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Hello again and welcome back to Blimey English. I'm Simon and today I will help you with another very common problem that students and candidates taking the IELTS test have. Specifically, it's a problem for the speaking part of the test and that problem is repetitive speech. Maybe you were or you are wondering how to solve that problem. Perhaps it's a problem that has been lurking in the back of your mind for quite a while. So today we're going to see how to solve that. Okay, I have written another article and I'm going to read it through with you. Okay, so let's get started. I will tell you how to avoid repetitive speech in the IELTS speaking test. Right? During the speaking test, the examiner will ask you to talk about similar topics. That means that you need to use a reasonable range of vocabulary to cover them, to cover those topics, right? Because what happens is that sometimes questions are quite similar and it looks like they are asking you the same thing using different words. Well, in fact, they are. And that's because they want to see if you are capable, if you are able to talk about the same topic using a variable range of vocabulary, right? That's what happens during the IELTS test. That's what happens and that's how your examiner is also assessing you, right? So although this might be expected, some students and candidates have trouble when talking about the same topic in different ways. If you sound too repetitive doing your test, you would be marked down. And in this video, I will teach how to avoid repetitive speech. So I definitely recommend you to stay here with me, okay? One thing you need to learn well, one thing you need to learn well is the ability of explaining things using different words. Because one point about the speaking part of the IELTS test is to find other ways to say the same things, to say very basic things, right? You need to be able to find those other ways, right? You cannot assume your examiner knows you know English. I will repeat that for you. You cannot assume your examiner knows you know English. You need to prove it. That's the thing. You cannot assume your examiner knows you know how to use advanced words, collocation, idioms, paraphrase. If you don't say it, they will not assume that. That's the thing. 
That's why I say to you that instead of using words that most of us do in daily conversations, what you need is to find other ways to say the same things. You need to find better ways to say the same thing. Well, this is a test, right? And how would you show them, your examiners, your vocabulary range if not by using other ways, advanced ways, to refer to the same topic. See the problem? I know, one thing is normal or daily conversations. Another thing is a test, right? When you're taking the test, you need to prove that. You need to show that you have those abilities and skills, right? So, uh, we need to work on the ability of telling a story without sounding repetitive. And you need to train your mind to do so. Because during the IELTS, there are some parts of it, some parts of the test, that would be telling a story, right? And I often say to my students that it is a bit like storytelling, right? You need to know how to tell a story, right? But you cannot tell that story only using very basic and normal words. You need to be able to go further, right? Speaking about that, speaking about training your mind and training, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you something to explain how we are going to do this in this video. Since I started practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I developed a special liking for chokes. For those of you who don't know, chokes are submission techniques by which you render your opponent unconscious. You make them temporarily unconscious, but don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> when we're training, we don't actually go into those terms. We just practice in a quite friendly way, right? And a friendly environment. So we actually don't hurt anyone there, right? But the thing is that I got very good at chokes, right? And I started applying only them, only chokes during my roles. Roles is what we call the practicing rounds, right? And I was applying all the time, I was applying chokes and forgetting the other techniques. My teacher noticed that and then he forbade me to apply chokes when I was rolling, when I was practicing with my colleagues. No matter how good I was at it, no matter how easy it was to apply them, no matter how they seemed the right way, the right thing to do at that time, I simply was not allowed to use chokes for one whole month that was <laughs> that was a time but the thing is see where i'm getting here he did that to me so i could develop my other skills and matter of fact that was what happened since i could not use chokes since i could I couldn't use chokes anymore i needed to explore all the other possibilities i had right I won't lie, he was hard. He was really, really hard because once you get hold of something, it's hard to let go of it, right? Once you are accustomed to doing something, it's really, really hard to stop doing it, right?
But eventually, I was able to develop my other skills, and then I had far more techniques to use. Now I had not only the chokes, but a, a fair bigger range of techniques to use, right? And that's the same principle here. Make the use of some words forbidden for yourself in order to make you find other ways to say it. You need to say to yourself, okay, I'm not going to use this word when I'm practicing or during one whole day or one whole week or one whole month. I will not use this word when I'm practicing. You need to do that to you, right? That's how you develop your ability and become able to use assorted ways to talk about the same thing, right? Of course, I will show you here how to do in specific cases, but that's up to you if you're going to do it or not. That's up to you if you're going to forbid you, forbid yourself of doing, of using words in order to learn how to use others. That's up to you. I'm just advising you, right? I tell you the words you should annihilate from your vocabulary during the test. I will tell you the words you should not use at all during your test, giving your common examples of repetition and how to solve them, right? The, the words start to be repetitive, too repetitive, right? and that's a problem. It's important that you practice it, even if it is by yourself. The main idea here is to explain things using different expressions, different words, different language structures, right? So here's the thing. The first word I've got to you that you should not use, should not use during your test, too much. You should not use this word too much in your test is think. I think. This is one of the most common words people repeat. Think. Whenever they need to give their opinion about something, they say, I think. It's not a problem to use this word in the test. I told you. It's not a problem. But using it in a repetitive way can give you some trouble. You can even get marked down because of that. I told you. Let's imagine that you want to say the following phrase. I think they provide relevant information. Instead, you can find other ways, and I will give you one here. You can say, I reckon they provide relevant information. So, reckon or to reckon is a synonym for to think. You can use it in its place with efficiency, right? So, instead of saying, I think, I think, I think, I think, you can say, I reckon, I reckon, I think, I reckon, I think. See, go changing, go alternating words, right? Because it's not good for you if you only use one, even if it is reckon. Okay, reckon is a bit better than think, but if you use it only that one, it's not going to work either, right? So you need to be able to change and to alternate words here, okay? Before moving to the next one, let me tell you something. Imagine your examiner, right? 
your examiner is there, they're about to start the exam day and listen to tens, dozens and dozens of candidates. Right? Let's consider together how many times do you think your examiner is going to hear people saying, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. Tell me, how many times? Quite a lot, isn't it? Thing is, when someone comes in and say to your examiner, I reckon, oh, that feels like a relief. What's happening here? See, that's what you need to do. So by not being repetitive, you're also making your examiner's job easier and bringing some alacrity, some enthusiasm to their minds. That's the thing, right? The second expression I'm telling you to not overuse is this one, in my opinion, in my opinion. Stop for a moment and consider this one with me. What does it mean, in my opinion? How, how would you define it? What would be the meaning of this expression, in my opinion? That is a way that is a way to organize your ideas, your personal idea. That is a way to organize your personal ideas to explain something, right? Then why not to use other expressions for that? You can't use others because what you're doing is you are organizing your ideas to explain something then, right? And there are ways to do it. Let's imagine for instance, that you want to say, in my opinion, there's too much advertising these days. Let's say that you want to say that phrase, right? In my opinion, there's too much advertising these days, okay? Again, think about your examiner. Think about how many times your examiner is going to hear, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, or in my opinion, in my opinion, just think. Instead of using that, you can say, I will give some alternatives here, right? First, you can say, to my mind, there's too much advertising these days. To my mind, that means, in my opinion, according to my thoughts. To my mind, there's too much advertising these days. Another one would be, from my point of view, there's too much advertising these days. It means considering my experience, considering what I live, what I experiment, I consider that, see? Another one would be from my perspective. From my perspective, there's too much advertising these days. You can say that one too. Because, again, before I move on with the others, you will need to give your opinion during the test. And not only one time. You will be required to give your opinion more than once. And then, if every single time you say, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is quite basic, isn't it? Okay, the next one you can use is, in my book, 
there's too much advertising these days. In my book is just another way to say, in my opinion. It means uh, considering my rules, considering my way of thinking, there's too much advertising these days. Another one, uh, this one I reckon is a bit more advanced, right? Not advanced, a bit more formal, I'd say. So you could say, as far as I can gather, there's too much advertising these days. As far as I can gather, or simply, as far as I gather, it means as far as I can find and collect and bring information together, meaning um, as far as I can notice, right? There's too much advertising these days. That is also a good one. See, all of those, all of those expressions, they denote, so denote is to indicate, to represent something, right? All of them denote the process of explaining one's personal opinion or someone's personal opinion, right? And you should take advantage and use them because this is going to be very, very nice for your score, okay? Let's go see the other one here. Way. Way. You might be thinking, way? Why is it way uh, problematic, uh, troublesome word? Well, in fact, the excessive use of this word is harmful to your speech indeed. When representing the meaning of how, this word tends to be used almost all the time. Because this word, we can say that it has two basic meanings, right? The first one is a path, right? The way. A path, a route, a road you can follow uh, heading somewhere, right? The other meaning is how, a form of doing something, right? This is a way of doing this. This is a way of doing that, right? When using this meaning, it tends to be quite repetitive, right? So then candidates have to talk about options and they end up saying this when they need to talk about options. Well, this way you can do it. That's a good way to do it. Oh, I think a good way to do it is like that. See what I mean? The use I'm talking about. So instead, you can explore the various quality of the English language and try these. Instead of saying those, you can say that is a form of doing it. That is a form of doing it. Another one would be that kind of activity is relevant. That kind of activity is relevant. A third one would be Activities of that sort are suitable. Activities of that sort are suitable. Another one would be such an activity is stimulated. Such an activity is stimulated. So just to make sure the key words here to be in the place of way are form, kind, sort, such. This is a form of doing it, that kind of activity, activities of that sort, such an activity. See? All of these, 
represent interchangeable expressions for a way. When you want to say a way of doing something, those expressions are interchangeable. Interchangeable is something that you can change between them and they have the same effectiveness, right? Another very common word that brings problems sometimes with repetitiveness is the word important. Important. Let's take a look at some adjectives now, right? From now on. The first one is this, important. And again, try to imagine how many times your examiner will hear this word in one single day of exam. <laughs> I cannot even risk a number here, right? You need to be different from the others during the test, right? Let's assume for learning's sake, that you want to say it is important to have in mind. You want to say it is important to have in mind. In place of that, you can say the following expressions. It is relevant to bear in mind. It's relevant to bear in mind. Another one would be it's crucial to keep in mind. It's crucial to keep in mind. Another one would be, it's imperative to hold in mind. It's imperative to hold in mind. All of them, again, all of them mean the same, right? They are interchangeable here too. Instead of say, this is important, you can say, this is relevant. This is important, this is crucial. This is important, this is imperative, right? And there is another thing you can do. There is another strategy you can use, and that would be qualifying nouns. But I'm saving that one because I want to make another video about that. I'll just tell you just a bit. If you cannot find other words like these I just gave you, if you're not able to remember for some reason, or if you're not able to find words for the context, what you can do, if you feel that you need to use that word important, what you can do is to qualify it, to qualify that word. What you're going to do is you turn the word into a noun. Instead of saying importance, you're going to say importance. And then you qualify that noun. And then instead of saying, oh, this is very important to do. You can say, this is of relevant importance. This is of essential importance. This is of crucial importance. See? But that is for another video. I just gave you a glimpse of it, right? A glimpse is just a quick view, a sneak peek of something, right? Before something actually happens or exists, okay? Let's go see the other problematic word. Good. Good. So let me say it just right away. Good is not a good word for IELTS. You need to learn that as soon as possible. If you use it too much in your daily life, it will start becoming a crutch. A crutch, you know what it is, right? That long stick or it's sometimes a double 
um, piece, right, or a turbo stick piece that helps people to walk, right? It goes under the armpit of someone who's got problems to walk, right? That would be a crutch. So someone who has a lame leg, for example, they depend on a crutch in order to walk um, appropriately, right? So if you start using this word, good, quite a lot in your daily life, it will become a crutch. You will feel as you would depend on that all the time, right? In this context, the use of common words can become a crutch for your lame speech. Don't let that happen, right? Don't let this happen with you. Since this is a word with multitudinous meanings, multitudinous is something that consists of various parts of pieces, right? Since this is a multitudinous word with multitudinous meanings, I mean, the words you will find to replace will depend on the context, right? I, I cannot give you only, okay, this is a synonym for good. It will depend on the context, right? That's what I mean. I'm giving you here three contexts and some examples for each context, right? Let's see some of them. The first context is, you want to say, this class is good for you, right? In this case, you can use alternative words such as, this class is beneficial for you. This class is relevant for you. This class is essential for you. See? A second context would be when you want to say the transportation system is good. In that case, you can say the transportation system is satisfactory. The transportation system is decent. The transportation system is acceptable. Then we have the third context. And in this one, you want to say the restaurant is good. Then you can say the restaurant is exquisite. Exquisite is something delicate and very elaborate, right? Or you can say the restaurant is elegant. The restaurant is exceptional, right? Then we can move to the next word. And this one has, I'd say, this one's the same uh, level of danger as good, right, as the previous one. And this word is bad. So I would just make the same remark here. Bad is a bad word for the IELTS test. That's the thing. It's basically the same as the previous word, good, because it can also be used in so many contexts that you end up using it for everything. But you're taking a test. So you need to prepare better, right? I'm also giving you three contexts here with three alternative words to use. And again, this is also a word of multitudinous meanings. So it will depend on the context for you to replace the word for another one, okay? The first context would be, you want to say, this word is bad for you. In this case, you can use alternative words such as, this word is pointless for you. This word 
is frivolous for you. This word is futile for you. So futile, just a quick remark, that would be the British pronunciation, right? The American pronunciation would be something like futile, and that means useless, okay? A second context would be, you want to say the transportation system is bad. Then, in this case, you can say the transportation system is inefficient. The transportation system is disappointing. The transportation system is underwhelming. Then we have the third context. And in this one, you want to say the restaurant is bad. In this one, you can replace the word for the restaurant is atrocious. Atrocious means of very bad quality, of very poor quality, right? You can also say the restaurant is revolting. The restaurant is despicable. Right. To end this, I will leave here three questions for you so you can practice your ability to alternate and don't repeat words. The, the, the PDF file would be available on the link in my bio on Instagram with all the other articles I've written. Right. So you can go there, just download it for free and take these questions for you to practice, right? You can either practice with a partner or by yourself, right? You can present more than one answer, more than one, to really practice and train your brain. Do not simply answer those questions once. If you really want to improve, you need to really know, to really learn how to alternate words. So what I'd recommend you to do is go there, download the PDF file and take these questions and practice them many times, always giving a different answer. Try not to use those common words and repetitive words, right? The first question I've got to you here is, I will give you some time here so you can think, right? Then I move to the other one. The first question I've got to you here is, in your opinion, how tourism can be improved in your hometown? The second one is, what are good ways to get to know a tourist site? And the third and last one is, what do you think about traveling during the low season? See what happened there? It's quite common that the questions use those common words. And see, because this is because the, the structure and development of the IELTS test, it's all designed to make you use advanced words, advanced expressions, advanced language structures, right? Because if they're asking you the questions with those common and repetitive words, why would you, in your answer, use the same words? Blimey, try to not use them, okay? That's the tip for you here. The right answer can be whichever you want, right? As long as you become able to impart information without sounding too repetitive. 
to impart information means to convey, to transmit information. All right? Try and explore new ways to say the same things and you will reach another level of abilities. All right? This is time for me to go now and I see you in the next videos. Cheers! Thanks for listening. Blimey Cast. For more content, check my Instagram profile, Blimey.